Hello, this is Curtis Edwards, Vice President of Investor Relations at Hudson Investing. Are you ready to start building your multifamily portfolio? Kent and I are excited to announce our newest deal in Spartanburg, South Carolina. This 157-unit property offers a unique chance to acquire a B-class value-add property for just $120,000 per door. This is well below replacement costs. De-risking the deal even further is a favorable loan assumption with over six years remaining at 3.73% fixed. With 50 economic development projects underway and 70,000 jobs within a 20-minute drive, the South Carolina upstate region is primed for above-average job, population, and rent growth. Don't miss out on this exclusive deal. Find the link in the description notes to learn how you can invest. Financial independence, I think, means different things to different people. So for me, it's certainly allowed freedom. So it's not just about the financial side of things, but it's also about lifestyle choices. And so I I sort of talk about financial freedom and lifestyle choices. Welcome to Read Around Real Estate, the show about how to passively invest like a pro. On each episode, I interview real estate experts who give their top investing advice, strategies, and tools and I break down their insights into practical steps to avoid the pitfalls and make better investments. I want to help you passively invest like a pro. This is Ritter on Real Estate, and I'm your host, Kent Ritter. Hello, fellow investors. Welcome to Ritter on Real Estate, where we focus on how to passively invest like a pro. I'm your host, Kent Ritter, and today my guest is Lloyd Edge. Lloyd is an investor and author of the book, Positively Geared, which he wrote about his journey from teacher to building a multi-million dollar property portfolio and achieving financial independence. And Lloyd is joining us from, from all the way on the other side of the world, from Sydney, Australia. So very excited you can be here, Lloyd. I, I think it's such a, such a cool part of, of this medium, these podcasts that, that we can reach out and talk to like-minded people, not only in our neighborhood, but all the way across the world. And it shows that there's folks all over that, uh, that are looking to achieve their financial independence, right? So excited to hear your inspiring story today and, and talk a little bit about how you got there. So thanks, Lloyd, for being here. Why don't you, you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yes. Hi, Ken. It's really great to, uh, to be with you and, uh, you know, really been looking forward to this. Uh, yeah, so a little bit about myself. I mean, at, obviously, these days I have a, a very large property portfolio, which is uh, completely passive income. Uh, which basically allows me to, I guess, live life on my own terms. Um, it allowed me to sort of quit my, uh, my full-time job and things like that a few years ago. Uh, but going back a few years, uh, I, was, I was a teacher and didn't really have any uh, real goals beyond that. And I was concerned that I wasn't going to have the financial stability when I got older and when I wanted to sort of have a family and things. And when it came to retirement and having things like uh, the pension that we have over here and superannuation and stuff like that, I didn't think was going to set me up very well. So I decided I need to sort of start venturing into some kind of investments. For me, that, that was property. I found property was something that was more tangible and less volatile uh, than some other forms, uh, such as shares and things. Uh, so I, I really got into uh, to property investing. Uh, but for me, it was quite interesting because when I first started investing, uh, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just sort of going out there and, and buying a property uh, and then buying another property and then sort of wondered why I was in lots of debt and, uh, and not, not earning lots of cash flow at the time. Uh, I thought there must be a better way of doing that. Uh, and it wasn't until a little bit later on that I, I really started to set myself a strategy 
uh, and some goals. And I was really want to set myself some goals uh, of what I really wanted to achieve and then work out how I was going to get there and change the type of properties that I was going to buy that actually allowed me then to achieve that passive income, which then allowed me to, to quit my teaching job and then essentially be just doing property as, as my full-time venture these days. Uh, that's incredible. I, I love the story, how you, how you kind of took hold of your future, recognized you weren't going in the direction that, uh, that you were hoping to be in as you're looking down the road and uh, you made a shift, right? And, and I'm sure that shift took incredible mindset, right? To, to be able to, to take that leap. I'm sure it also took an incredible amount of education. There's a couple of things that, that we'll dig into today. I'd love to hear more about it, but talk to me about, you gave us some insight that you were, you know, you, you didn't see you were going in the direction you wanted to go, but what was the moment that really prompted you to say, you know, I need to make this shift here? So I think there was probably a, a couple of moments there, but it was, it was really when I was working as a music teacher and, you know, the, the work was not, uh, you know, I wasn't, employed full-time so I was working as a casual and the work wasn't particularly uh, reliable uh, wasn't consistent uh, and things like that so that, that's kind of thought I need to set myself up to be a little bit more uh, stable in the future so you know not, not a lot of income and not, not very consistent income but I also uh, yeah sort of got to the stage where I also realized that even people who have full-time jobs that's not uh, particularly secure and we've actually seen that in the very current climate where the world's going through this pandemic, that full-time jobs aren't that secure. And that's actually what I was feeling like you know, many years ago. And that, that's when I really decided that I, I needed to take hold of my own finances because I think that uh, for you to really get ahead, you actually need to take control of things, make money work for you rather than you working for money. And it just dawned on me that you shouldn't be having to sort of work, work an hourly rate for a boss, you know, working the nine to five, uh, as we call it over here every day. But I really wanted to, you know, try to just try to create something that would actually be a little bit bigger than just, uh, just that job. Because you work your job, uh, I wasn't finding uh, it that particularly rewarding and things like that. And I, I really just wanted to create a, a better future for myself because uh, I knew that in the future I'd, I'd have a family and things like that. So I wanted to start building something for that. That's awesome. What does financial independence mean to you? Uh, yeah, well, that's interesting because financial independence, I think, means different things to different people. So for me, it's certainly allowed freedom. So it's not just about the financial side of things, but it's also about lifestyle choices. And so I, I sort of talk about financial freedom and lifestyle choices. So for me, uh, and I'll just give you an example, when you know, my wife was having our, our first child and you know she had to make uh, the doctor's appointments and stuff like that during the day, uh, I could go and attend all those appointments with her without having to ask uh, my boss or anything for, for time off because I, you know, wasn't working for a boss essentially so I had the you know I had the choices to be able to do things like that so essentially it means being able to spend time doing what I want when I want to do it and things like that financial freedom for me it also meant you know buying a dream home you know having built up a portfolio over the years that we we now own the home that we want which is a you know a nice dream home on the on the water over here in Sydney but you know obviously a, a dream home means different things to different people I think essentially means not worrying about where your money's going to come from, uh, not worrying about, uh, you know, how you're going to put food on the table or even if things happen, like we've seen in that coronavirus pandemic, you know, not worrying about 
how are you going to pay bills in three months' time, six months' time, and whatever happens? Just just having yourself set up, so you, so you're not really worrying about things. And I, and I call that the sleep at night factor, uh, essentially. So it's yeah, financial freedom there, lifestyle choices, uh, and it, it allows me to do other things uh, as well. You know, spend time sort of donating to charity and those kind of things that uh, that I guess in a, in a sense lead to a more fulfilling life than just just working, essentially. Yeah, I, I think those are some great points. You know, financial independence doesn't mean that you have to be driving around in a Maserati, right? It's it's the I think the freedom of time and and the peace of mind are huge, right? And the ability to pursue to pursue what you'd want because I think if people are I think if everyone was pursuing something that they're passionate about, I think the world would be in a, in a much better place, right? You could do a lot more good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's really, really important that you do do something that you're very passionate about. I think when I first started teaching, I was quite passionate about it. I got to the stage, and that's probably getting back to your question before, one of the driving points for me is I started to lose my passion, and it wasn't so much the passion for the teaching itself as much as it was for perhaps the politics within the school system that we have here and things like that, but I was definitely losing my passion. And you don't want to, you know, I, I, I remember when I thought to myself, I don't want to be working here for the next 30 years, and then I regret not making a, a decision to make a change, so I actually made that change. And I think it's really important to actually follow your passion and you know, create something for yourself. And, and that's such a good segue to, to where I wanted to go because you talk about make, making such a, a massive change for, from being a teacher to developing a, a real estate portfolio. And you know, so you've written the book called Positively Geared. Uh, you're you're clearly, clearly a very positive guy. Um, I'd like to talk about mindset a, a little bit. You know, how how do you develop the mindset to be able to make that shift such a, such a big shift, right. And believe that you can go out and you can create a real estate portfolio, um, and, and take that, the risk of leaving that full-time job and that, I guess, perceived security. And I think there's a, probably a few things there, but um, one of them is definitely education. So you do need to, I guess, be around uh, other people have had a bit of uh, success. So, uh, you know, I did read a few books and I did, uh, you know, attend a few seminars and, and things like that. But it also comes from having a, a, you know, a bit of success. So, you know, when I first started out, you know, didn't really know what I was doing. And the first couple of properties I bought were probably pretty slow and didn't do much. Um, I've still got those properties and I look back all these years later and they've actually done quite well just by accident because I bought them in a good location. But at the time, I didn't really know what I was doing. But I think when I, when I did start to have success with you know, some of my properties and when I got into sort of property developing and stuff like that, uh, that really inspired me to be able to do more. But one of the really big things that I found is really important is to really have a goal and know what you want to aim for. And that's where I, you know, I always recommend to people, you know, have a goal about you know, what, what, is your, what is your financial independence? What does it mean? Or what are your lifestyle choices? Because if you've got a goal and whether that's to create financial independence for yourself or whether you want to, you know, look after your family, whether you want to even just get to the stage where, you know, you only, you know, if you've got yourself and a partner and and your partner, maybe you can have them at home rather than you both working and stuff, that's financial independence to some people. Whatever you're aiming for, if you keep really focused on that, then, you know, that helps shift your mind to be really focused towards that. You know, one of the things that, you know, I sometimes found a little bit difficult was obviously when I was working in this school and there was other teachers around that weren't doing any investing and they, they sort of kept telling me, oh, you, you should never invest, you'll never have any success with investing as it's, it's, you know, it's dangerous and you know, what if the property market crashes and all this? So there's all this negative stuff around you and you've actually got to see through that noise because for me that is just noise, uh, you know, when people are always going to be able to say negative things or believe negative things 
if that's what they want to believe. Uh, so you just got to see through that and just have, have a positive mindset, which is something that I've always had and, and just have a goal in mind and then set a strategy on how to get to those goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think you said a lot there and a couple of things that stuck out to me. One is, is you're right. You're, I mean, I think most people are, are negative in, in their day to day, the negative outlook. I think it's, it's easy to be negative and to kind of just say, Oh, you know, things are bad and complain all the time. It's uh it's much more difficult to, to be positive, right? And, and to see the, the bright side of things. And I think it can be tough for, for all of us in real estate, being surrounded by folks who don't really understand what you're doing or why you would want to do that, right? Again, we talked about that, the perception of safety of the nine to five, right? And a lot of, pe- a lot of people buy into that. And that's, you know, that, that's fine for them, but it's just difficult being, being surrounded by that and being told and questioned on what you're doing all the time. I think that's the importance like we were talking about of getting, getting around like-minded people, getting around people that are doing the same things, you know, whether it's going to a, a meetup, right. Or it's uh, just engaging with people online. You know, there's, there's great Facebook groups now or things like that, or, or even listening to podcasts like this and hearing people that ha- have done what you want to do. That's, that's exactly right. And, uh, and all of those things you've mentioned uh, are really important and, and even, uh, and, you know, listening to podcasts and the great people you've, you've had on, on, on this show and, um, and many other podcasts that I listen to, but even um, dating back years, I mean, there's, you know, and, and you know, take America, for example, there's been some great inspiring people such as even Earl Nightingale, which I, um, I still listen to his, his podcasts and stuff because I find what he says is, is very inspiring and he makes you know, lots of sense and even those sort of things inspire. But you're right, if you're getting around like-minded people and then you can sort of, you sort of feed off each other uh, and that's what you want to do because you want to be, you need to be in, in a situation with people who are trying to do the same thing uh, that you do. So one thing that I think is really important is that if you're going to uh, get advice or seek or seek out a mentor, you should be trying to do that from people who have actually done what you're trying to do. So you know, get around other people who have you know, achieved financial independence, uh, for example. Um, I always say also that if, if you're the smartest person in the room, then you're in the wrong room. You know, it's really important that you uh, are there and you're, you're trying to learn and you really want to be surrounding yourself with, uh, you know, some really smart people that you, you can actually learn from and, and everything like that because, you know, that can be really inspiring because I find that, you know, 95% of the people in the world are going to have sort of the same result as each other. Uh, people tend to follow each other, you know, like sheep and, uh, you know, people are, you know, like you refer to that perceived uh, security of the, uh, the 9 to 5 job. Most people think like that. You don't want to be part of that 95%. You want to be part of the 5% of people that are trying for greater things because you know, those people who have created wealth and created lifestyle choices, they're not the people who work your nine to five job because you can't really create wealth like that. Uh, and even, you know, even if you've got a very high paying job, there's still a limit to how much a job pays. But if you're uh, building a property portfolio, then that's really limitless because the growth in properties, if you're buying the right properties in the right locations and the amount of cash flow you can get, yeah, that can keep growing uh, as you keep building it. And, and there's no limit on that, yeah, much more than, than just, ha- just having a job. And I think that's a mindset that, that people don't actually realize. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And, and I think the other cool thing is it doesn't have to be one or the other, right? I mean, I know a lot of people that, that love their love their job. You know, maybe they're, I know doctors and lawyers, you know, professional services folks. I know, I know people that are consultants that love what they do, but they recognize that that can't be 
you can't only have a single source of income, right? So they start investing outside of that. Um, they start investing, investing passively and they start creating multiple streams of income that give you that security, right? And that peace of mind that we talked about before. And, and ultimately it gives them the ability, like, like you said, lifestyle choices. So you have the ability to make that decision. So if you do begin to lose the passion, like you talked about, right? You have the choice and you don't have to feel like you're stuck, right? So I, I think having that mindset, seeing beyond, like you said, what, what 95% of people do and, and exploring um, additional streams of income to build out that portfolio and that security, I think is, is extremely important for, fo- for folks to understand. Uh, absolutely. And, and you've really hit the nail on the head there because, you know, when you refer to, you know, it's really about lifestyle choices. So, you know, if you're, if you're a doctor or a lawyer or, uh, you know, you, you could be a teacher or a, or a nurse, it doesn't really matter because people, you, you know, we need all those people in society and people, you know, love what they're doing. So I'm not sort of saying people should quit their job, but, but it's about having those lifestyle choices. What it essentially means that, you know, for example, if you're a 30 year old nurse and you love your job now, you know, by the time you're 50, you may not love it as much, or you might want to um, have a sort of a choice to work part time, or you might be then, you know, maybe looking after kids or grandkids or all sorts of things. Uh, and it just gives you the choice that maybe instead of working five days a week, you can work three days a week and, and you've got income coming from your investments that'll help cover the rest of that time. So it's just giving you that, you know, those lifestyle choices. So it doesn't mean uh, everybody needs to go and quit their jobs or whatever. And, and obviously, you know, people need jobs to be able to fund, uh, you know, if they're going to borrow money from banks to, to buy properties and stuff, they actually need to have jobs anyway to, to start the ball rolling. So certainly not saying everyone quit their job, but it's, a, it's but I'm, I'm a big believer in creating lifestyle choices and like you say, creating several sources of income. Because if something does happen to your full-time job, what you really want to have is a cash flow positive portfolio that's passive income. So then you've still got that income coming in, even if you um, something happens to your job. Yeah, I think that's great perspective. And, and like you said, having the forethought and identifying your goals and, and keeping your eye on the prize, if you will, to, to set up and establish that now for understanding that your, your passions or your, your lifestyle choices may, may change over the next 20 years. So, so having that flexibility, right? As people start to invest, I mean, you brought something up, up to me called the, the property trifecta. And I think that's, a, that's an important point for people to understand. So why don't you walk us through that? Okay, so the property trifecta is something that, uh, that I do that, that most people uh, certainly over here don't. Uh, generally, what people do is they they've either find a property that has good growth potential. So you basically buy a property and it's over, long, over the long term, it's going to grow in value. Uh, but those sort of properties gen- generally don't have a lot of rent. So they're probably going to be negative cash flow, not positive cash flow. Or they may go to various cities where they can get actually get better cash flow, but not as good a growth on the properties. What I aim for is actually both. So you're actually going to get capital growth on your properties and you're going to get good rental on your properties as well. So that's two of them. The third one is actually what I call instant equity. And that's actually where you're manufacturing growth. And this is one of the things that actually uh, really kickstarted my portfolio that allowed me to start working towards financial freedom. Now to build uh, instant equity, that's through manufacturing growth in say a property development or a subdivision. So you're, you're actually uh, you know, you're getting your, your block of land on your property and you're doing something with it that creates an extra, an extra block on it or, or something that's actually going to add some value. Or you might have a house that you're going to do a renovation to which increases the value. That's adding 
equity to it straight away without waiting for the market to move. Mm. So when I look for uh, properties, I'm always looking for uh, that trifecta, which is the instant equity, the capital growth potential, and also the cash flow uh, potential because you need that. Uh, the, the aim of the game is obviously to, to have that passive income. So you always want to have good cash flow coming out of each property. I think that's great. And, and that's something that, especially that the adding value piece, I, I think is critical. That's something I look for as I'm investing, making sure that there's, you're not just relying on the market, right? Making sure that you're able to, what I would call force appreciation and, uh, and make sure that, that there's, there's that control, right? Because otherwise you're relying on the market and you're, you're relying on external forces and getting to control your destiny. So yeah, I appreciate that trifecta. So talk to us a little bit more uh, about your portfolio. You know, how has your, from, from how you started to where you are now, how has it uh, developed and, and evolved? And, and what are you focusing on nowadays? Yeah, so when I first started, I, I was essentially just sort of buying properties, uh, which were pretty much in Sydney to start with, and mostly well-located, but not with any particular strategy. Uh, and they were mostly units or uh, you know, townhouses, that kind of stuff. But they didn't have really good cash flow on them. Also, because I'd sort of bought, started buying just after the Sydney 2000 Olympics, which we had here in Sydney, we had a good property boom leading up to that. But just after that, the prices started to decline. You know, the worst time to really be buying property is, is when the, the market is actually in decline. Uh, you should be buying in a sort of a rising market. But of course, I didn't know that when I first started investing. So it all comes down to education and making sure you're buying in the right place at the right time. So, you know, a few little, few little mistakes in that at the start. Uh, but as I, as I got going, uh, I really sort of started to get into uh, particularly, you know, as you say, forcing that equity, manufacturing equity. I remember the thing that really was my aha moment, which really kickstarted me, was when I um, built my first duplex and when I had it subdivided and then got it revalued, the amount of additional equity I'd created there, which essentially means the, the difference in what it uh, was worth to what it is now worth after I subdivided it, uh, I had, I had a, the property in that was actually twice as much fr- from that one project as what I was earning the whole year as a teacher at the time. Uh, and then I thought, oh, I'm onto something here because uh, I'd just done this development project on the side and I'd made, you know, uh, quite a lot of, uh, I think I made about $141,000 profit on that particular property. That was my first attempt at a development and that was twice as much as what I was earning uh, as a teacher at the time. So, you know, from there it really kicks out at myself and I just need to then start to uh, repeat the process and everything like that. So, uh, you know, since then I've been very much into doing, you know, small development projects like that, duplexes and things. Uh, and, uh, and other ways of uh, manufacturing equity too, which includes, uh, you know, subdivisions of, of blocks, You're sometimes selling off vacant land once I've cre- created the subdivision, uh, sometimes the renovations, and also mixing it up across different cities and different buying some in capital cities and some out sort of in the country across different states in Australia. So, so very much diversifying it, uh, but always having that focus on, on how each property sets me up for the next property. Uh, so that's, that's something that's very important that I, I always understand nowadays when I'm buying a property, what sort of result I'm aiming for, and then what I'm going to actually use that improved profit, that improved equity for, you know, in my next property and so on. And I've, uh, I've been able to use a lot of the equity I've created for my investments to pay off some of the homes that we've lived in in the past as well. So I've sort of been able to reduce a lot of debt on the, the homes that we've lived in by using the investments to do that. Oh, that's very cool. So, so now you're focused primarily on, on development and developing, uh, it sounds like smaller multifamily. Is that right? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So essentially duplexes are triplexes. So essentially, yeah, two, two, three, maybe four if you're doing a quadplex. So, so just small, small multifamily type um, units as you call them. Yeah. Very cool. So Lloyd, it's been great having you on and, and uh, fantastic conversation. I love hearing your journey. We have a section on the show, the last section called keys to success. And I want to get your thoughts on, on a few items. The first is, as we have uh, a lot of the listeners on this show are, are passive investors, meaning they are folks that are looking to invest with others that, that have the experience and the time and want to go out and, and find the properties and push that appreciation or manufacture that equity like we talked about. What is, what is the most important question that someone that, that's looking to make an investment can ask? Uh, I think you really need to really understand why you're investing. Uh, that's the number one thing is, is what you're trying to achieve out of that. So there's no point just, uh, like for me, the investment is just a vehicle itself. So whether you're buying property or whether you're doing shares or, or something else, that's just a vehicle. So it's, it's really immaterial as a, the, the actual investment itself. That's a vehicle on how you're going to get there. So you need to understand what the goal is. Now, whether your goal is, you know, through one investment, whether that's to create some income or some equity to pay off some other debt or over the long term it was for that financial independence, you really have to have in place an understanding of what you're trying to achieve and then probably get some advice on whether property is the best thing to achieve that or whether you want to go into the stock market or whether you want to do a, uh, you know, a mixture of both and things like that. So, because uh, they're all just investment vehicles, so you really need to have an understanding of, of what you're trying to achieve and how that's going to help you. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic key to success. And, and I love how it all keeps coming back to goals and strategy, right? It all comes back to understanding, understanding what your goals are, what you want to achieve, and then working a strategy on how to get there and staying true to that. So appreciate that consistency. What book should everyone read? I think people should read my book, um, Positively Geared. Of course. Because <laughs> that's, uh, that's something I've just released. It's available through Amazon so and a few other places but i think amazon worldwide is good that one i've put out there basically just to uh really get my message out there to sort of show people a bit of a bit of my or pretty much my whole story but to sort of inspire people that you know if i can do it you know so can other people and it's, it's not just a property investing book but it's really a, a journey on on how i got to where i started from to to where i am now and there's lots of case studies in there and information uh, in there. So uh, that should be a, a you know, pretty enjoyable read. Apart from that, there's, a, there's some other books that I think I'd recommend people to read. And, and one of the ones that I uh, really enjoyed, which I've read a few times, is uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And, and, and probably some of his other books too, like the, uh, you know, the Cashflow Quadrant and things like that. So I think those, uh, those books are, are very worthwhile reading as well. Great. And then last but not least, what's your number one key to success? My number one key to success is, is passion. Just have, have belief in yourself and have passion. I love that. So you, you're not going to achieve anything unless you're actually passionate about it. And if you're passionate about it uh, and you can find a way to get there, then you can, you can pretty much achieve anything you want. Yeah, I love that. I think you have to have the passion to push through the tough times, right? And where does the passion come from? The passion comes from understanding why you're doing it, right? So it goes back again to goals and your strategy. You've got to understand your why. That's the thing that's going to give you that passion to be able to push through when, when times are hard and things don't go the way you want, right? Yeah, you do have to understand your why. I actually wrote a whole chapter about that in my book. And, and, that's, and that's why it's, it's really important. It's, and, I, and I say, know your why, because you really do need to understand that. Because like anything, you know, investing 
uh, and I, like I've made mistakes along the way and, and sometimes things don't go so well and sometimes you know, the market doesn't go so well or we have a pandemic and we're worried about things and whatever, but you need to look at the bigger picture. You know, whatever happens now or in six months' time uh, is irrelevant to what's going to happen in your life in 10 years' time if you stick to your goals. So you really need to have belief and just look at that long-term goal and, and try to keep yourself accountable and not get off, off track and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really powerful stuff, Lloyd. And so how can folks get a hold of you and, and reach out if they want to learn more? Yeah, so uh, probably just jump on my website, uh, which is ozpropertyprofessionals.com.au. They can send me an email as well, which is lloyd at ozpropertyprofessionals.com.au. And you know, they, if they get hold of my book, those details are in the back of the, uh, the book as well. So but be happy to, to chat with anyone and give anyone any sort of advice that they might like. That's great. And the book is positively geared and it's available on Amazon, right? Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you, Lloyd, so much today. It's been a fantastic conversation and I look forward to, to staying in touch and, and hearing as you continue to grow. Great. Thanks, Ken. Thanks very much. Cheers. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to another great episode of Ritter on Real Estate. Hit the subscribe button to make sure you don't miss out on the content that will make you a better investor. Also, visit kentritter.com for articles, videos, and tools curated just for passive investors. Until next time, this is Kent Ritter with Ritter on Real Estate. Now go out and invest like a pro.